0: welcome everybody thank you for joining us here on the infinite prosperity podcast my name is louisa havers and i help high achievers entrepreneurs and coaches lift the lid on life and business so that they can live at their highest value each episode we will bring you our favorite founders ceos and guest experts to share with you their insights and strategies to expand your wealth consciousness your spiritual leadership and aligned business strategies we know that living in alignment with your soul's mission is what fulfills you and we are here to show you how to achieve this in an energetically aligned way. If you haven't already be sure to claim your free abundance activation in the Akashic Records go to louisahavers.com forward slash gift to unlock your abundance activation today and if you'd like my support and having aligned success in life and business then contact me at www.luisahabers.com and let's explore together if it's an aligned match. Get ready to live at your highest value and to expand into your next level of money as you elevate and receive more. You create more for others. Righty ho, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back everybody, welcome to this week's episode. I'm so excited we have got a very deep conversation for you today, so a big welcome to Nisanka Wikramarachi. Awesome. Yes, thank you for having me, Louisa. Lovely to be here. I'm so excited to, to welcome you to a show and we're we're practically neighbours, which is wonderful as well. Do you remember when we we are, are, yeah. where in the world are you? And I was like, I know. You're up the road from me. I know, it's 10-15 minutes drive. <laughs> it's brilliant. So let's let me um share your bio if that's okay with everybody so that they understand you know what you're talking about. Um, (laughs) And then we're going to dive into our uh, conversation today around, you know, the impact of narcissistic abuse on business and being parents and all the things. So let me share your bias. So Nisanka is a trauma-aware life coach, a holistic practitioner, a mother, a poet. Oh, I haven't asked you about that. A writer and Helps parents who parent with a narcissistic partner or ex to preserve their sanity, take their life back and support their children. Powerful work. Her experience of growing up in a highly narcissistic environment and later being in narcissistic relationships led her to reflect on her own life at a point where she was severely depressed and suffering from CPTSD. Since then, she's been healing from her inner child wounds, narcissistic abuse to build a thriving life for her and her daughter. Nisanka has worked in the field of education for almost 20 years. Wow. Before becoming a life coach, advanced EFT and matrix reprinting practitioner. She also holds a diploma in NLP. Nisanka is a DISC facilitator and is qualified to work with narcissism and domestic violence and has loads of other qualifications, including an MA, a BA, HELTER, EYT, Diploma in Teaching and a Diploma in Montessori Teaching a huge welcome Nisanka. Oh thank you, it's wonderful to be here. (laughs) I'm so excited for our conversation today. This is a really, um, I know that what we're going to be diving into is close to my heart, um, as when we were having our pre-chat I shared with you that I used to lead on domestic abuse and sexual abuse and developing services for the area that you're in as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was like, oh my goodness. So this, I'm so pleased to be able to, you know, circle back and to really my intention I hope is that you know to raise awareness with our conversation today to help people kind of know that they're not alone and for people to be able to recognize where they um you know may have been having some similar experiences and that they can reach out to you um, and to, to get the support and you know guidance that, that they desire. And, and of course, and I know this goes without saying, you know, from your perspective as well, but just to kind of front load this is that if you're ever in any risk, please call your local emergency services, do not take risks. And if you are in a space where you're in crisis, then please reach out to your local domestic abuse um, violence providers, you'll be able to find. Yes. Thank you. I, I was
1: just gonna say that is one of the first things I say when I have a connection chat. Are you in immediate danger? This is not the place.
0: Nine, nine, nine. Yeah, absolutely. So I just wanted to kind of front front load that. So thank you. I knew you'd get that um you know, <laughs> un, uh, understanding. Let's let's dive into to what how you got to be making this huge impact that you are now um creating today. I'm sure there have been many pivotal moments along along your journey you know, do share with us, you know, tell us more about the Pivotal Moments. How have you, that you know, led you to starting your business today?
1: Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity and the energy and everybody, energy of everybody who's actually listening to this. So like you said, there's been many, many, many moments in my life that actually just sort of led me to this moment because there was a time in my life where I was quite obliviously, very happily, um you know tolerating all the abuse that was coming on and I was telling myself I've got a good career and I'm just living in like a perfect life I left Sri Lanka and I came here and I had education in England da dahdi da, or all the rest of it you know I was quite blissfully living in the oblivious and then I was diagnosed with anxiety I ignored it developed to severe depression I ignored that too but then there was one moment I mean i trigger warning, by the way, and it's just where I was actually hugging my daughter. I was basically apologising to her because I was going to leave her. You know, it's because I think subconsciously I had enough and I wanted to let it all go and put an end to what was what I was going through. And it was just that moment when and also another moment where I was actually driving, I ended up in the hospital and saying, I really need help um and it's just these moments and i really cannot remember which happened first Mm -hmm. it was all very blurry um but it's just these moments like what am i doing to my child i brought Mm -hmm. her into this world i can't be this selfish and I, i i can't let her you know be without me she's not done anything to deserve it i've got to really get my life back and i the the relationship between my child and me it was slipping you know it was slipping because I wasn't coping with anything and I was nappy I was you know I, I found even to sing a lullaby difficult even to put out of bed difficult everything that my child deserved at the time I was unable to give I was just it was so I was so numb and I was you know and I had two choices that moment I could you know, give this life to my daughter, create the same childhood I had, so for my daughter, or I could go away and do something about it and take some responsibility. Something in me told me to take the second option, and I did. The first thing was to go and get some antidepressants mm-hmm. and help myself like few things and and then I could make a decision of what kind of therapy and how to go for it, you know, um and I could cope with getting out of bed and, you know, so I had to do the basics to begin with. And then it just gradually, it's been, it's been a few years coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm glad. Life is very peaceful. Life is very peaceful. I've made big, huge decisions, broken so many cycles in my life and the relationship between my daughter and I, it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's amazing and I'm so grateful that I it led me to this this
0: path. Hmm. that's huge there's so many things that you've shared there you know in in that those moments where I could really feel the stress that you must have been under where for your nervous system to shut down to be able in that space of trying to kind of do the daily things when 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 we cannot do the daily things because they just are too much because we're coping with too much it is a real sign isn't it that we've kind of reached that emergency emergency moment uh, right <laughs> no turning back i'm going i'm going one of two ways which way am i which way am i going that's that's exactly huge. exactly
1: i mean you read out the qualifications i had so i've always had a very sound academic background and it's, it's it's natural but there was this moment where i couldn't even translate an email and understand an email i had to take a post it note decode what was in an email, which had like 10 sentences, and then practice writing an answer, uh, you know, what should take two minutes, usually took me about hour and a half to Mm. complete. I couldn't get out of the shower without needing a sleep or a rest Mm. or something. Everything was overstimulated. Everything was too much at the time. So yeah, long journey.
0: Long journey, and congratulations for what you've created for you and your daughter, and all the healing. Because it's absolutely a huge healing journey that you know, as you said, you've been on yourself personally, and you know these experiences that we have in our personal life. You know the relate because we're in relationship with everything, aren't we? So we're in relationship with ourselves, we're in relationship with money, we're in relationship with business, we're in relationship with our parents, our partners, children, all the things, and all those aspects of relationship we can then imprint onto our lovely business our business is trying to to do its thing you know from your perspective let's really dive into this how how do we show up in our business when we've experienced narcissistic abuse good question (laughs) (laughs) okay so I'm gonna decode
1: everything you've said business showing you know showing up like visibility money planning organization and authenticity and how we show up in our business and our goals and our visions okay i'll decode into everything and for that before that i kind of need to understand we need to understand what narcissism actually is and what it does to us so narcissism is made of two major components one is grandiosity and the other is shame right grandiosity and shame shame and believe the common myth is that narcissistic people are very confident and very successful, but actually they are chronically, chronically insecure about themselves and they're really protecting themselves. You know, that's what, that's, that's why the, the, their behavior manifests in the way it does. So it doesn't matter what cost to the loving people in their lives closer people to to them they will protect and guard themselves and make sure everybody else serve them mm-hmm. that's basically what it is and they lack so the more the grandiose the person is lesser the empathy ability to feel empathy okay whereas if it's more shame um that they can connect with um some level of um empathy and some level of pain but whereas the grandiose part you know you don't experience much empathy from these people you'll find some malignant narcissists who go on to do some cruel things like you know hurting beating you know sexual abuse and all sorts of things so that's that's narcissism in sort of in a nutshell so what it's like to live in with the person like that whether it's a sibling whether it's a parent teacher um, you know, we get narcissism in all sorts of uh, forms, from legal, medical narcissism, to educational narcissism to cultural religious, all sorts of things. I'm glad you touched on that. I know, as <laughs> well as as well as our relationships with people that are close to us. What it does to us is it does not allow us to develop. if you've experienced narcissistic parents or narcissism in your childhood, it's like living in a really, really noisy environment where your noises, voice is never heard because you're not allowed to grow as an individual human being because there's the narcissistic parents seeing you as an extended version of themselves. So you have a narcissistic parent who is very much into appearance and whatnot, then they will turn you into something like that the moment you go against it. Then you see punishment and, you know, discardment and devaluation, gaslighting and, you know, all the rest of it. So when you're experiencing something like that on a daily basis, what happens to you is, first, you lose a sense of identity. You don't experience love and empathy. Um, And so you kind of, these these concepts become arbitrary. Mm -hmm. So in a healthy environment, when you start experiencing love, and empathy you're really your system is all very confused and you end up rejecting them so yeah. you do not want you can't receive things and narcissistic parents narcissistic people are very transactional so if they give you something they're expecting something well more in return uh which means your idea of receiving bagged up with this idea of they're expecting more back from you so there's that distorted version um of you know giving and receiving and and then there's the chronic anxiety chronic self-doubt inability to trust somebody inability to be intimate uh, with somebody the mind-body disconnection because you're constantly in this pool of cortisol and fight or flight you know so the trauma response so um, there's a great deal of damage it does to you as a person. So
0: bringing it amazing. in. Yeah, thank you so much. because I think that can really help where if those terms are new to people, then um, it you've just been able to kind of go <laughs> help people unpack the puzzle. And also often, you know, people can hear these terms. But I think what you've really brought to light, Nisanco, which I just wanted to reflect on was, being able to help people kind of see where, if it is impacting themselves or others, to be able to kind of make those connections, which I think is really, really helpful. Yeah. So, the next um, stage
1: of me giving the answer is to actually make it relevant to the business that we do, right? What do we need in a business for us to make it successful? We need to be able to trust in ourselves, have the positive beliefs in ourselves be able to actually connect with a vision and a goal and a mission in our lives and also be able to take actions to go for it. And what do we need for that is positive beliefs and energy, Mm -hmm. right? When you've been impacted by narcissistic appears, you lose both, right? Because you're in chronic survival. So your whole system goes into survival. So everything becomes incredibly hard i mean it's it's likely that a lot of people who've been in narcissistic relationship for a long time are actually facing chronic illnesses as well in Mm -hmm. addition to depression and anxiety and all the um you know anxious attachment let's decode the relationship that we have to build up what do we say in business you've got to make connections you've got to go out there collaborate with people and for somebody who's actually been in a narcissistic relationship this can be excruciating uh, to do. Mm. It isn't a mindset issue. This is trauma survival, trauma and survival. It's not mindset. Reason being, the the relationship you have about collaboration is being manipulated, being lied to, being being used as a as a as an object, as a as a backup plan, or as a transaction of value. The moment you've been used in these relationships and you also been discarded narcissistic people are so good at doing that so they love bomb you so mm-hmm. the initial relationship that you need to create with somebody to collaborate you got to have a genuine connection but we fear being love bombed right we fear that's because that's one of the stages of a narcissistic relationship and then that there's the, the the devaluation there's the constant uh, ignorance the manipulating lying which we sometimes see in, you know, collaborative efforts. We see that, don't we? Mm. And then, but we fear even getting into that first step of connecting with somebody and having a conversation with somebody because we fear being rejected, we fear being discarded, we fear being um, sort of devalued and used. You know, so there's all these fears that mm. is that is there because we've experienced it. It's it's the life that we've lived. So, okay, so, and the other thing is we've gotta be able to trust ourselves to be able to to go out there and and do something, you know? And trust comes really, really hard after narcissistic abuse. It takes a long time to first trust ourselves and the second trust somebody else, okay? Because you're tiptoe, you're so used to walking on eggshells around this abusive person it's um, it's not because you don't have the skills to, right? It's been your experience for a long period of time. Even if it's a short period of time, narcissistic abuse is subtle, so strong and so cruel that it just can destroy you within yeah. the week of being in a relationship like that or an experience. So, you know, and then the trust can be really hard relationship with our money and that's the other thing we need to obviously work on in a business in many intimate narcissistic relationship but that includes actually parents as well siblings as well where everything was transactional you had no power over money so your relationship with money is very different mm-hmm. right you were violated or you were robbed of your own money a lot of people you will see have gone into debts and because of narcissistic relationships because you've given trust you've given money and you've lost that and when you try to get it back and you know narcissistic people can be very vindictive so they they attack you and they actually hold you responsible without them taking responsibility so the relationship that you have with money is something that you going to have to build up from the scratch again it's about believing that you can have money you can manage your own money and you know and you can do whatever the f you want with your money
0: (laughs) and making decisions around money that you you're competent to make decisions around money you're not stupid you can make good decisions around money because you know um Certainly from what you've shared and my awareness around narcissism as well is that piece of how it undermines people's decision making and the very essence of who you be.
1: Absolutely. And the, th- the thing is, like narcissistic uh, relationships often uh, linked with cohesive control as well. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that in cohesive uh, relationships is that you lose your power over your own money and you have to start begging and also, you're probably gaslighted about your ability to manage your own money. You, you've been gaslighted to believe
0: that you can't handle anything. So you're going to have to depend on somebody else to do that. Well, you know, gaslighting, Just uh, I can't remember if you des- described that term at the beginning, because I'm very familiar with it. But I was thinking that um, it might be helpful for people to understand what is gaslighting if they're not aware of it. it- okay. Gaslighting is a form
1: of psychological manipulation that takes place over a period of time that actually denies you of your own reality so um gaslighters there's a series of um calculated actions that the gaslighters the the abusive people take that is to establish trust through love bombing and make you feel it, like really believe in them and the second is to make they make you idealize them so they they create this power imbalance that they're more powerful than over you so they create that once they've actually earned your loyalty and your your trust they start devaluing you in mm-hmm. the sense that they actually push you down even more and then the gaslighting process is really denying your own reality so you may come up with something like or oh, I really wanna go and do this thing for myself. And they will tell you that they might sometimes in situations, they might not even say, oh, don't do it, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. They're not that direct sometimes. (laughs) It can be Mm -hmm. like, oh, have you thought about it? I mean, we are gonna do this now, aren't we? We're gonna start a family. But you know, I, I just thought that we might just put that money aside for the family in the future, you know? Like if that was me, I would never I would think about the family, and I wouldn't really think about spending it on me, so they will guilt trip you out, and you know they'll make you feel- really guilty about be it very subtle, very subtle, and you will be left confused and you because you already trust this person, you go, mm. "Oh, they're really thinking about me actually, this is really good, but the family never happens, and that's the other part the family that they they use to guilt trip you, that never happens. That's more future faking. So it's like faking a future that they do not not give, exactly. Second, there's another side that actually very often we don't see in this narcissistic relationship that's double standard. They won't let you, but it's happy for them to go away and then do that for themselves. So that they will see the same money they said we didn't have to spend, They were happily spending it on something. But if you ever challenge them, this is how complicated gaslighting is, right? Mm -hmm. If you ever challenge them, I can't believe you're being so selfish and I've only done this ever once. And I've just looked after the family. I earn money. I look after you. Remember five years ago when you chose to do this course and I let you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) 25 years ago, that one time. Yeah, on the, I
1: mean, that one time that they will so imagine living in this roller coaster and this literal hell, really. Mm-hmm. Hell or not. Um and um although none of us have actually been to hell and don't know what it's like, so it could be a better place, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it's imagine living this life, you're constantly you know, you're constantly kind of confused. And so the end result is you lose trust in yourself and you lose trust in your own ability. And you lose um, sort of, you start doubting yourself and it becomes chronic self-doubt to a point. Like I remember not even being able to decide what I want for breakfast. Mm. It became a really hard choice. I don't know. I felt guilty for choosing something. And it's just, you don't pay attention to these moments of self-doubt because it feels like a normal thing. But actually it is a result of living in chronic,
0: chronic self-doubt all the time. And all that all programming the- that you've received from from the from your partner or the, the parent or whoever yeah. it may be, you know, our yeah. consciousness is, is absorbing what we are surrounded by. So typically if you're in a in an abusive relationship, they will uh, reduce your contacts with um other people start to say, you know, your friends, your family are horrible people, or however they're going to position it so that you, you become more and more dependent on them. And then of course you're only getting that programming. And then your body's having all these responses. So it's and it can happen so quickly. And it's so subtle, like you were saying, over time, drip, 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 before you know it, you completely changed, you know, lost your sense of self and and all the all those things that then kind of spiral down and have a huge impact on your
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so essential that we spend enough time deprogramming mm-hmm. ourselves from these programming because most of us, longer the relationship, the narcissistic relationship, stronger the programming is and thicker the programming is, and then longer it takes to actually deprogram. Most of us, we recognize ourselves or so we identify ourselves. Um, with these personality traits in the sense like, oh, we think so for for a long time, my belief was, oh, I suck at managing money. I suck. Right? Because that's what I've been told. That's your programming. I'd been earning money on my own money since I was 19. I was living a life, and you know, um, I am earning comfortable money, not too much, but comfortable money. But oh, I suck at it why don't you why don't you do it on yourself, on yourself you know and then the second thing buying something for myself you know i did some compulsive shopping but then there's the 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 feeling of feeling guilty about it buying something for myself blaming myself and it's like really gaslighting myself for yes.
0: myself. Yes. Well,
1: <laughs> you know really gaslighting myself oh and it's a weird thing what do you think you know you could spend this money on your child you know like yeah and and it I deprogram quite a lot of it um there are moments I catch myself doing this the the trick is to be able to catch yourself and then pause and reprogram and then give it what you do You know, there's the good guilt as well. You know, sometimes we can put things into perspective and we have to be careful not to get too um, upset about some of our decisions and some of our guilt. Because we also feel guilty because we are kind and empathetic, considerate people. And that's not a bad thing. But what I'm particularly mentioning is chronic guilt. Chronic. It's chronic. It doesn't matter what you do how little you spend you feel guilty
0: with your clients that you work with do you see that if they've had it cuz i know you you work with people after they've had that the crisis has been and gone they're they're moving out and wanting to kind of create their next chapter in life and to make it a better one so that's where you 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 come in working working with your clients um and being able to help them with you know changing the guilt changing the self doubt building that trust with themselves um You know, are there any kind of things that people say to you or that they experience as they're trying to kind of or intending to show up in business? Because business can be a trigger in that we are working in a realm where things aren't certain, we're implementing strategies. You know, there'll be things that um, might be changing around us that we can't necessarily predict um and so you know some of the key things i think that really help an entrepreneur to be successful is developing emotional resilience is developing that strong sense of self so you can lead yourself and navigate the the business what might feel like a business roller coaster at times yeah. um so <clears throat> is there anything
1: that i would say to my clients so um I think one of the one of the the things that they struggle is not having clarity around what exactly they want in their life because they have been told this is what they want in their life. And to then process that to to then get to a point where we feel where they feel cl- clarity around what exactly they want for themselves. And that's the bit that takes a long, long, long time. Mind you, just because the narcissistic piece is over, you left the relationship doesn't mean that the people have stopped abusing these people because there is something called forced uh, uh, separation abuse. So that can go on for forever, especially when you're in a co-parenting situation. That's the that's the thing that they use to get back at you. So I think most of my clients that I'm just sort of thinking about, all the people that I'm working with and have worked with, have been in a lot of survival stage where they still need a lot of looking after, they still need a lot of um, self-care and they still need to feel okay to be able to look after themselves. They're still, let alone thinking about like a future, you know, they have to give themselves permission first Mm -hmm. and they have to hear it from somebody else and it's okay that you look after yourself because they've been so gaslighted out of even doing the basic care for themselves. So that's usually where I meet a lot of my clients and then they go through the process and they get to a stage where they're like, Oh, I feel ready. And most of my clients have actually looked for jobs. So I've only worked with one or two people who've said, Oh, I I might actually want to go into business. So I I can't particularly say this is what they're looking for, uh, but they're looking for stability. They're looking for peace. They're looking for, um, Something that gives them some time and peace and sort of mm. time with their children. Um it it kind of goes in stages. So at they so there's the shock of yes. oh, I've been narcissistic, you know, this is narcissistic abuse. And there's the denial, I cut no, this is not that person, we had really good days. This is not narcissistic abuse, and there's the um rock bottom. Because you come to not, you you go through knowledge and you understand, oh, this is narcissistic abuse. And then you hit the rock bottom, right? And then people go through acceptance. Working with clients from a place of acceptance is easier, a lot easier than people who are in the denial, shock, that kind of stage. And mm. it's about then working with them to like, with one goal at a time, with one goal, at, confidence, pushing them out of the comfort zone a little bit. Doing things that they love, figuring out what their purpose in their life, and there's a lot of figuring out to do. And yeah,
0: and actually, as you're talking about this, you're reminding me of one of the things that one of the oh, this is taking me back, past seven years ago, and one of the policies that we got in place and we were working with um, providers to get in place was um, to keep people who were being affected by domestic abuse safe in the in the workplace. So that, you know, if they had, for example, had to be relocated, um, that the person that had been abusing them couldn't find them and all those things. And it as as, as we're talking, it's reminding me, you know, one of the things that I, we used to see and we would see, you know, because I used to work for social services and we had lots of great policies in there to help people if they were living with dom- domestic abuse is the amount of stress that you referred to at the beginning. Now, of course, if you've got a team member, so we've got entrepreneurs are listening to the, the, pro, the, the, the podcast, some may have like one team member, some may be thinking about having a team members and others will have, you know, a, a, a large team. And of course, if performance, for want of a better phrase, suddenly dips within um, the somebody's uh, way of showing up in business or in yeah. your business, is being able to have a process in place to support people because you don't need to be adding to their stress when you know they might have been really, really good at what they were doing, their job, et cetera, but because something's kind of kicked off at, at home and they've been managing this and hiding this abusive relationship because people do tend to not talk about this. This is why it's like, we've got to talk about these things, blow it out in the open because it loses its kind of power and edge from, from that perspective is helping people to um, if they are employers of um, members of their team who might be subcontracted or indeed be um, employed by them how we as business owners can support people who um, may be showing up or finding it difficult with decision making because of their previous experience does that make does that make sense so
1: is it like how to put some sort of a plan in place to support people who might be going through this thing yeah it's a good question it's, it's it's a really really important question i would say have a culture where people feel comfortable and coming and talking to you about it have a compassionate culture so rather than like you mentioned about performance and it really took me back to when i was working i was at the height of this and The thing that my company noticed was my dip in the performance and they went straight into addressing the performance and putting consequences in place. And nobody thought of asking, are you okay? What's going on at home? So the first question is, what's going on? What's going on with you? Is there anything we can do to help you? Unless you have that cultural approach, cultural approach and the report and the trust nobody's going to come forward and say I've been domestically abused because the first thing that the, the abusers actually do to people is to intimidate them. That's why leaving is really hard because you fear for your life, you fear exposing the abuser, right? So exposing has consequences. So have confidential, confidential service, have information about this available And actually have speakers in place, uh, you know, bring speakers from outside who understand domestic abuse, but understand the plethora of type, you know, Mm. it's not just the physical, sexual, the obvious one, but this cohesive control, which is not very commonly talked about, narcissistic abuse, still not commonly talked about, bringing people and actually raise awareness. When somebody like me, say, for example, I talk, if I'd heard Somebody like me talk at five years ago at work. I'd go, yeah, that's what's happening to me. Yeah, you know. And then I would think, I would, I would do, I'd make decisions in my own time. You know, Mm -hmm. I knew that the culture is positive and and it's compassionate and it's open to having these things. And you know, one of the things that I'd always worried with my mental health diagnosis, as well as this whole understanding of what actually was going on was, if I said to them, um, I've always been a high performer, that I would lose my job. I'd lose my position. I would, you know, I would have to let go of this place and the shame around it. Mm. Confident, educated woman, how can I be going through that? Yeah. Shame around it. So we've got to really create cultures and have supporting system in plan. You know, work with a couple of people, you know, maybe like you can get in elsewhere to support and, you know, make information readily available and have somebody who's actually got some level of understanding and particularly somebody who actually have the emotional emotional empathy, not just the cognitive empathy where you can go, Oh, is
0: that what's
1: good? Oh, I'm
0: so sorry. Mm. <laughs> not <laughs> you really need to understand, I think, don't they that the complexities around it because sometimes, um I mean when you're telling somebody without them really being able to feel it, it can sound yeah. slightly like, is that it? I that, that is it? Intense, but it's particularly with gaslighting um and things like that because it can be so subtle, and it is the energy and the intent and the what was said before and the body language there's so many layers to it that um you know i, I remember talking with many people that would be really afraid to share what had happened because it just sounded or they thought it would sound like what are you complaining about type thing yes makes sense and that's yes. like ongoing gaslighting because it's like you're kind of ending up gaslighting yourself because like i can't tell anybody because it sounds so ridiculous but actually if somebody really has been educated, then they're going to be like, no, I completely get it. You know, we've yeah. got you. It, it's okay. You know, we're here to help, you know, you've got a safe place at work, whether, you know, you're working online or wherever it may be, and to be able to support that person whilst they're kind of navigating the, Absolutely. the things. Can I, can I add one thing to
1: that one, please? There's something came to my mind. There is this big toxic saying, you've got to leave home life behind the door. When you come into work, mm. bring your nervous system, love. It's part of the deal. <laughs>
0: I'll just leave my nervous system behind. That's such a good point. That's really a good point. Your nervous system is with you wherever know, you go. I know. I have a comment available. I'll leave my nervous system out outside the door. <laughs> your nervous system is with you. It's going home with you. It's in your business with you. It's everywhere.
1: It's everywhere. Yeah. Bring yourself, bring yourself, and accept that's what you're bringing. I think that's the key, the company, as well as you as an entrepreneur, what you need to acknowledge is you bring yourself, you bring your nervous system, you bring your belief system into everything that we do and acknowledge it. Because without that acceptance and without that acknowledgement, um, it's very difficult to create magic from a place of denial. It's very difficult to create magic, you know, magic, whatever the magic that you want to create, whether it's the seven figure business or whether it's the. I don't know, it's charity, whether it's just working with two clients but doing a damn good job. I don't know what it is for you. But to create magic, you've got to be able to accept your human experience as, yeah, that's happened. I bring my nervous system with me. I know how to regulate myself. stuff. And, and that's the other thing. And I think a lot of companies, entrepreneurs, got to be part of the business skills, got to be also how to regulate our nervous system. Yes. It's so important. It's so, so, so important. It's like, you know, breathing oxygen. Um, Without that, you know, you're not really breathing and you're not alive. And without us knowing how to regulate ourselves and however you want to do it, whether it's yoga or meditating, going for a walk and playing squash, I don't know. Um, EFT tapping, and that's what I do. Um, But you've got to be able to notice what's happening the triggers and then regulate your nervous system because you know creativity comes from a place of nervous you know regulated nervous system and you know magic comes from your good conversations with employees and service providers and your clients all come from a regulated nervous system you know you know nervous system and if your energy is all over the place you're gonna pass that on to your clients when you work with them or service providers or employees that you work with you know uh,
0: robotics, you know um, yeah thank you so much there's so much wisdom here that you've shared just to, to wrap up and you m- might well have touched on this already but just to kind of wrap it up for people what would you say the three tips that you would share with with entrepreneurs who are listening um in relation to our conversation today okay one thing is with one in five people
1: displaying narcissistic personality traits you are likely to bump into some of them at work as clients service providers anywhere so have an understanding of how these uh, behaviors might might um show up in your business and if you're a if you're a survivor how that might show up in your business so pay attention to it that's one thing second i think i've already talked about the importance of understanding the nervous system regulation because without that, anything that you do in terms of cognitive things that you're trying to do, you know, trying to be creative, trying to create new ideas, you're only going so far with it. So we work way better from a more peaceful place when our nervous system is regulated. Third is um you cannot change narcissistic people. Um therefore, whatever the the work that you do, make sure it's about you and you deprogramming, but it's not about changing the other person. So if you're a healer working with a narcissistic client, understand that you cannot change. But in that case, how can you make sure that your experience is, um, is positive for both of you? You know, I'm not asking anybody to discard narcissistic people. I'm asking you to be aware and know how to work with them. I think that's yeah, that's the three things.
0: <laughs> Wisdom bombs, right there. Yeah, thank you so much. And that's really interesting about the one in five people displaying narcissistic traits because I think it's certainly a conversation that you hear a lot of people on, you know, YouTube and TikTok, and everyone kind of talking about it. But often with not the kind of expertise and experience that you you've shared um and for people to really be able to understand it and that there's a, a continuum of narcissism so you can have people on a kind of it's like with anything it really isn't it but really being mindful of 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 that um very few people actually go off and get the diagnosis that they've got narcissistic personality trait disorder because of course they don't think there's anything wrong so they're unlikely to kind of go off and seek that seek that sort of diagnosis that's so one of those- just to make a subtle distinction there so there's two
1: things that I talk about one is NPD that's the narcissistic personality disorder which is a debilitating condition that you need to be diagnosed with um but there's the narcissism so in in terms of people showing consistent characteristic traits of the narcissism that's two different things yeah um so People who show narcissistic traits don't always get diagnosed with the NPD.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you for clarifying that. I think it's it's uh really helpful for people to kind of recognize that there's the that continuum and those two pieces with it on the on the spectrum of the continuum. Yeah. Um, because and the reason why I wanted to highlight that as well was because that piece how we can, and particularly if somebody has experienced any abuse, you start to this thing as you were saying gaslight yourself oh no it was not really that bad etc etc and so we might identify some narcissistic traits and then of course you see someone else who's got more traits and then you think oh no it's not really that but actually it's just that continuum of of traits being reflected back. Oh there's so much here and I know you've got an amazing free gift. So how can people stay in touch, come into your world, tell everybody where they can find you and tell us about your free gift. Okay,
1: so uh you can find me on my website ww.coachingwithnisanka.com and Nisanka is spelled as N-I-S-A-N-K-A. So that's coachingwithnisankar.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, so it's Nisanka Vikramarachi. I'm on Instagram under Co Parenting with the Narcissist Coach. I also have a Facebook group. It's a private group, so you might some of you might feel Comfortable being there. It's called uh, co-parenting with a narcissist support group. Um, I run a community um, event every second Wednesday of every month. Every second Wednesday of every month. That is for the people who have been through narcissistic abuse. It's a community event. You come in, we share. It's it's community healing because it's essential for narcissistic mm-hmm. abuse and healing. That's no selling. So I won't won't use the space to sell anything. And it's just for us to focus on ourselves. That's that. Um, And then I'm running a workshop on the 18th of October. It's an introduction workshop to uh, parenting with a narcissist or um, ex-narcissistic
0: partner. So it's on the 18th of October. I'll give you the link. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. And do you run those regularly? Just thinking about when, when we release yeah. this, if people have missed that date for whatever reason. Uh, yes. So I think I will
1: announce the date for November. I'll be running the same workshop again in November, probably in December
0: as well. So to get on your list, so they get notified about all the all the good things you've got coming up. Oh, yes. If you go actually um, sign up for my newsletter,
1: occasionally when I have a really good moment, I offer a <laughs> gift sessions you know it's one of those birthdays my daughter's birthday whatever it is like I occasionally send out surprising gift sessions as well oh, so yeah watch out if you're on the way uh, on the email list then you'll get them oh beautiful
0: thank you so much Nsanka for your time for sharing all your expertise and really starting to to bring this conversation to life for for people on who are listening to our podcast so so grateful for you and all the work that you're doing Thank you for having me and thank you for listening, everybody. Take care. Thanks so much, Nisanka. And thank you, everybody, for joining us. Until next time, sending you all lots and lots of love. Thanks for listening to the Infinite Prosperity podcast. And if you like what you've heard and want to know more, please go to louisahavers.com. We just appreciate you so much. So thank you for listening and hanging out with us. If there's anything that we can do for you, you can email us at louisa at louisahavers.com. Let my team know if you have any ideas for shows that you'd love to hear or topics you want me to talk about. Really looking forward to hearing from you. All right, that is it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for today. Looking forward to connecting with you again. Until next time, namaste.